everybody welcome back to the david meyer show it is tuesday 9 30 a.m eastern standard time we're here live on iHealth radio and i am happy to have you all back here today we're going to talk about grit that's a very important concept and topic that applies to anything and everything in life as we're going towards our success so again thank you hurricane for having me come on live I am super psyched to be here, and this is really a nice evolution from starting the David Meyer Show over the last few weeks. We spoke about, first, my story on the first official episode. Last, we talked about a few interesting things, one being reimagining our healthcare system and also confidence. Now we're going to go into a section of my book I talk about with people going through injuries, injured to elite. A concept of how we can utilize grit to improve the outcome of our physical challenges, our mental challenges. And it's an interesting concept because grit is something that a lot of people question whether or not we can develop it. Or is it something that we're just born with and that's it? And I personally believe that it is something we can develop and to kind of define it first as we go into it, grit has been coined largely by Angela Duckworth. And Angela did some really amazing work. She won some big psychology awards. She wrote the book Grit. And she describes grit as a combination of passion and perseverance. And so I read this book Grit. Actually, my fiance got it for me as a gift and I was really enamored by the whole idea. And so Angela was inspired by a few people, a few people she worked with, some real heavy hitters in the psychology world, including Carol Dweck and Marty Seligman. Now, Carol Dweck has written a lot about and studied a growth mindset. And Marty Seligman, he teaches positive psychology out of UPenn. And these are really all related to this concept of psychological flexibility, which I think is the, the trait, the thing that separates a lot of successful athletes, people that overcome injuries, overcome mental challenges from those that don't. Plain and simple. Psychological flexibility. It's not how good-looking you are. It's not about the any of the attributes of your uh, uh, of your physical performance it's not how tall you are it's not the family you grew up in although that's part of it indirectly it is this psychological flexibility whenever we hear anybody can do it nothing's different about me versus you well the difference i think is psychological flexibility which ties into grit and a lot of things really, related to successful psychological traits. So what is grit? Okay, let's jump into it. So as I was saying, Angela Duckworth wrote the book Grit, and she talks about how grit is the combination of passion and perseverance over time. 
what is what grit is not. She talks about that. Grit's not just waking up all gung-ho, ready to seize the day, and then you burn out at the end of the day. That's not grit. You know, it's not cheerleading. And she goes through all this these different things of what grit isn't first. But let's talk about what inspired her research. So so Angela worked with a lot of underserved students that she felt could be doing better and she was trying to figure out why some what she can do to really change their circumstances for their for their education. And she eventually comes to this idea of of studying the cadets at West Point to look at what was indicative of their ability to go through their training, their early training. Was it really their grades that their prerequisite grade requirements to get into West Point, which are extremely competitive, their standardized testing to get in, their extracurriculars, their nomination. Was this really a better indicator of their future success than something else? And she was obviously convinced that there was a little bit more at play here, and she was most certainly right. So she goes ahead and she creates this grit. She creates a grit questionnaire, and I forget exactly if if the grit questionnaire was developed before her or if she kind of pieced that together. And she provided the grit scale to these West Point cadets. And what she found was really interesting. She found that those who skyer, who hired, excuse me, better on the grit score had a better outcome in terms of their ability to persevere through the program. And this grit questionnaire, grit score, was not related to their grades or anything like that. It was more related to their, how they think about overcoming challenges with projects, committing to projects, things of that nature. And like I mentioned, this idea about psychological flexibility, which essentially is your internal adaptability, your ability to change on the fly, to be agile, to be able to shift your perspective to meet the needs of your life, to cope better. And I'm so intrigued by this, not only because she discovered that there was something beyond grades that can predict our success or our education or what have you. But because I always wondered how and why I developed my grittiness. So those who have listened to our first few shows, you heard about my story. I grew up with my father who was chronically ill with kidney disease and he was a dire sports fan. I was a smaller athlete. I watched him persevere. I myself had to work harder as an athlete because I wasn't as physically big. And I always kind of just pointed my finger at that. But I do think that there there's even more to that. And certainly Carol Dweck, who talks a lot about growth mindset, has shared that when you're parenting, if you're just blindly giving trophies, that's not going to develop their, their sense of work ethic. But at the same time, if you're, if you're never encouraging them or supporting them or putting them in situations to challenge, to be challenged and to even fail, then they're also not going to develop that growth mindset. I think I was put in a combination of those situations. I definitely was challenged in terms of 
fending for myself in terms of not always just getting blindly complimented, especially by my parents. I think they did a really good job. I was an only child. They didn't want me to get a big head. And I think that's partly why I need to encourage myself. So maybe that went into it. Then with grit, I felt this was maybe one of the missing pieces in the world of sports performance, of sports medicine. When I was working for the St. Louis Cardinals and players were getting injured, I was questioning to myself, well, maybe players that are more gritty were able to develop this better rehab outcome. And so I proposed that to a few people several years ago who were in the mental performance space in professional baseball, some really big heavy hitters. I I like to use that term a lot, don't I? And eventually when I wrote my book, Injured to Elite, can't see it, but I'm holding it here, I thought it was really important to talk a lot about this idea of grit and how grit can really be a difference maker. Because the individuals that I was working with that I felt were less gritty were simply going the other direction. They kept on going back to their doctor. They kept on coming back to me and saying, yeah, it's not sticking. The pain is back. Or when they were getting pain, they their thought viruses would set in. We'll, we'll have a full episode we talk about thought viruses. But just to introduce the concept, a thought virus is just essentially a negative thought that gets in the way of your physical outcomes your and, and your success in general, not just your physical outcomes. It was something talked a lot about by the authors of a book called Explain Pain, which, was, which heavily influenced my book, Injured to Elite, written by Loramir Mosley and David Butler. And they talk about these thought viruses, like I'm never getting better, I'm always going to be in pain, my life is over, right? And I talk about in my book about thought vaccines, and I promise it was right before COVID hit. It wasn't uh, something I came up with after. And thought vaccines could be affirmations. But to get to even that point, I think first it's important to consider grit, because you can't just wake up, I I don't think you could just wake up 100% gritty. So I think there is a, not a formula, but I think there's a way to build grittiness. And I can share with you some of the things I talk about in my book, and I could talk to you about some of the things that I've embodied in my own life in terms of grittiness, but here's a few different things that I, I think are pertinent and relevant to grittiness. Number one. It's really difficult to feel efficacious or the or to feel like you can accomplish a task if you can't remember any time you had any success, right? If you're always thinking you're a loser, if you're always thinking you're in pain, you never made the team, you never had the job you wanted, you never created a successful project, and then of course that's going to be a negative feedback loop and leading to more failures. I think the biggest first step of building grittiness for those that ask me, Dave, how do I build grit? It is definitely acknowledging or remembering or thinking back to times in your life when you did accomplish something. And it doesn't have to be anything outlandish. It could be something extremely simple. 
It could be graduating high school and doing so maybe with some different circumstances. It could be the one goal you scored playing on your your team, whether whatever sport it was. On I mean, for me with baseball, college baseball, I still have a game winning ball. It was my only game winning ball in from what I at least at a high level in college sports. It was one. Played Globe Tech, Nassau Community College, and I had the game winning run. I still have that ball. As a matter of fact, as we're moving and we're getting our stuff out of storage. I can't wait to see it and make a little nice case for it. That means a lot to me. So whenever I have a moment of feeling physically inadequate, I think back to these things. My bodybuilding days, my pseudo-bodybuilding days, or as my family calls it, my square days. I think back to these successes. There's other things you can do too. You can create a little voice recording on your phone. And you can record a little self-pep talk. Dave, you got this. I know things are tough, but look at what you've done in the past. Today, you just got another subscriber on your Instagram. Remember that as you're feeling like you're not getting any right now. And then you play it when you're feeling it. And I learned that, once again, from my fiance, who I learned a lot from. Even though she's not in my space or with what I do in the in. Our, our fields are different. There's still tons I learned from her. You got to remember when you were successful, even if you didn't think of it to be that successful. Reimagine that. It could be anything. Take some time to think about that. For people that are really depressed or people that are really struggling, it's not easy. And let's acknowledge that. I have family that, have go- that are going through some tough, tough times. If I just tell them, remember when things were good, it can make them upset. That's okay to get a little emotional from it. You want to think about when things, when you, when you were successful. First step of getting gritty, right? Because when we think about who's gritty versus not gritty, people that are not gritty generally are not reading the book. They're generally not trying to develop themselves personally generally speaking, they're the ones kind of falling into the laps of others to help them. So you might know somebody like this, or you might at moments feel, you might be a gritty person, but you might not feel gritty. And I think that's a delineation because I had a client and he said to me, how do I, how do you develop grittiness or how do you get gritty? And I was thinking to myself and I explained to him, I said, I think you're actually very gritty, but he didn't feel it. So there's a difference there. People could be gritty without feeling gritty. I think, as a matter of fact, more gritty people, sometimes they they question their own grittiness and hence get more gritty. So it's not a bad thing if you don't think you're gritty. When I played hockey, as I explained on a few of my online content stuff, I my my theme song was "I Get Knocked Down But I Get Up Again" by a band called Chumbawamba in the '90s. You know, one of those early albums you get. In the days of CDs, I, being I'm a millennial, but at 35 years old, I could proudly say, I I I got CDs and even tapes. So, and I would almost it looked like my when my family was watching me, like I was skating through that, the hockey player's legs because I was smaller, but I was really scrappy. And I think scrappiness is a is a part of grittiness for sure. Just finding a way in, finding a way. It's like almost. It's kind of a negative, dark thing to imagine, but like, 
if you're thinking of like zombies, the zombie apocalypse, and they're just, you know, they're not forceful, they're not shooting weapons, they're not, you know, they're just chipping away in the masses and they eventually get in. You almost want to think about yourself as that with your goals. You just keep going. Like that zombie is not turning around. Just being like, yeah, you know, unless there's like, you know, the antithesis of the movie or whatever, the or the uh, the the protagonist saves the game. You you're going to be more like the zombie than the the magic button, the protagonist. So getting gritty requires remembering your successes even if you didn't deem them a big success there's other elements too of course so what are the two main elements of grit that angela talks about well it's passion and perseverance right so a lot of times when things are not going our way and we're wondering why and we keep on wondering why and we don't change anything and nothing changes then it's time to take a moment and think about it and i challenge people out there that are wondering why things aren't working or or are expecting something different in their circumstance like i'm in this job it's going to get better and it never gets better okay well something's off whether it's a job, a relationship, your physical body through rehab or just strengthening and through a workout regime, regimen. We need to think about, well, why? And the here is the first thing you should take a look into is your level of passion. Now, it's a very normal thing for people to be burnt out in different capacities. It's a normal thing for people to feel less energy with something. However, if the pattern exists where your energy and your interest in something has dwindled over a long period of time, that's something to trust. Now, if you're having a bad day, if you're having a bad week, even a bad quarter, maybe it's just... The season, and the season's going to pass. But in situations where we're talking about a really long, enduring pattern of I don't feel connected to this, whatever this is, whether it's your way of working out, the job you're at, or your sport, that's telling you something. Your passion is in question here. And there's different ways to address that of course you can refine your passion you can explore and you could tweak or you could just take a 180 too just different direction because sometimes it's really tough for certain people to be half in something and, and all out of another thing it's really tough when you're coming in and you're not present and everyone's saying, hey, you should meditate, and hey, you should do this, and hey, you should do that. And you're like, I'm not, I'm just not there. Well, maybe your passion is not there. What does passion come from? Passion is excitement. It's emotion. What is emotion and, and all these things connected to? It's connected to your heart and your love. The first emotions you experienced as a human were related to early understanding of 
love from a family member, from those around you, from things you saw, from the fairy tales. It connected at the deeper levels in your brain, the reptilian brain, the emotional brain, like the deep, deep structures. On a daily basis, if that goes sour, you're going to be in a state of anxiety and fear and depression. It can go, it can really turn bad. So what puts a smile on your face? What connects you? And you might say, well, my job, I hate my boss. I don't even like the work I do. I'm working in a capacity where I'm dealing with, I don't know, you're working in a, in a, in a business related to something that you once were passionate about, but you're just not anymore. I'm not going to name anything because it could be anything, really can. And you're wondering, well, why? Why am I not passionate? And However, if you really think about it, there might be one or two flowers in your life right now. Your child, your significant other, your hobby, your hobby or your pastime. And it really, truly brings a smile to your face. And you start there. Again, you start there. Think about those things around that individual or that thing. What is it about that? Of course, a child, you know, you, you have a love for that child because it's your child. But what brings you and your child together? Is it you like being outdoors with your child? Well, then is your job something that affords you the opportunity to be in, in that capacity, be more in touch with nature? Or are you in a cubicle? It's 2021, y'all. Ain't no excuses. You could be anywhere and earn an income. And if you don't believe me, just wait a few more years. You'll believe me then. I'll, be, I'll still be talking somewhere. <laughs> so finding passion. Start with what puts a smile on your face. What has put a smile on your face. Okay? Passion doesn't have to be jumping up and down or starting the next Facebook or even being a professional athlete. Passion could be basket weaving. <laughs> it's a common one to use, right? Passion could be collecting sports cards. There's plenty of people out there that'll tell you, hey, you can probably even make some money doing that. Now, maybe you make a little money doing that. It's a little side thing and it grows and that's perfectly healthy. But these are the types of things that are going to help you if you don't, if you just don't know where grit is, you just lost it, nothing, right? It's passion. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're not going to, it's going to be tough to succeed. Now, those that do, quote unquote, look successful, let's talk about, let's, Let's shift gears a little bit to external results. Whether it's a car, it's kind of interesting. I just got, we just got a new car. And in my life previously, because when I was growing up, we didn't have the nicest new cars. I always wanted a beautiful, fresh, fast new vehicle. I was always obsessed with it. And finally, I was working for the Cardinals and I was making a good salary. And I was around these ball players, these major league ball players getting these fancy cars. And I caved, I, or not even cave, but I, when I finally had the means, I bought myself this fancy convertible, a BMW 650, it was a 2012, down in South Florida. You can imagine, it's a perfect place to have a car like that. 
and boy, did I put a lot of eggs into that car. My my own happiness, my my idea of that, and don't get me wrong, it was a pleasure to drive. But at that time, I think my psyche felt that was an end result. And now I realize that's not at all. That's just, it's just part of the journey. It's something to enjoy for, for itself. But there, that car, the speed of that car, the look of that car had nothing really to do with my own happiness per se as a whole. And this is a, this is a cliche topic, but I really had to go through this. And it's interesting because now getting this car, I'm able to appreciate it for what it is. The comfort of the ride. The practicality of it. The space. Whatever it is. Like, I truly enjoy it. And I don't expect it to do anything else for me. That's it. <laughs> it's a good whip. It's a fun whip. That's it. I'm not worried about the next one. I'm not worried about really anything. I'm just happy to have it. Grateful. That's it. So you also have to think about with your passion, what are you going after? Because a lot of people that might have these things I'm talking about might appear to be successful in their job and not really be tremendously passionate about the purpose of their work. And when we think about material objects versus purpose, well, the material object serves the purpose of in a physical domain but your higher purpose that's something different that's where passion really comes in now you could be passionate about the vehicle and that's great but if that's your only reason for existing at your job without higher purpose without that type of passion then we're talking about a little bit of an issue. So, look, if your passion is vehicles and you want to work at BMW in Europe and be their ex- one of their executives or their designers, I think that's different, right? That that becomes your purpose. But if the purpose is simply the material object and, and obtaining that material object, you are going to be chasing your tail. And I talked about this recently a lot. When you are really living out your purpose and you're sticking within, you're really going within, then the external objects will chase you. The money will chase you when you're there. I shared a few uh, Instagram lives on this and captions that talked about this. Follow me, Dave M. Meyer, D-A-V-E-M-M-E-Y-E-R on Instagram. Send me an email, Dave Meyer at plperform.com if you're listening. Let me know some feedback. Tell me what you want to hear more about, how you're digging this. Check out my book, Injured to Elite, on Amazon. has a lot of these concepts, including grittiness and grit. So chasing internal or chasing external results, that's definitely going to get in the way of grittiness. Your, your grit will not be able to show up every day for a car, but your grit will be able to show up every day for your sense of purpose of maybe developing a car company. That's something bigger than a car itself. So when we talk about grit, I think, and passion, we have to talk about this idea of higher purpose. We can't leave that to the wayside. This is an interesting one because this is not something to gloss over. This is not something that could be a snap of the fingers. Like the first thing I talked about, think about a time you were successful. Okay, we all have some of those. And if we don't think of them as successful, then 
we can spend some time and get there. When we talk about finding higher purpose, this is when people shake in their boots. People either get too excited and it becomes too overwhelming and they fall off the wagon and they question their passion or others feel like, I don't know where to start. 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 What am I good at? What should I pursue? Remember, we're talking about grittiness and grit. So what would a gritty person do in that situation? <laughs> a gritty person in that situation would probably first, again, go back to the formula. Think about what in the past you've been good at, trusting yourself, right? That's a big piece. It's all coming together here on the topic of grit. You got to start somewhere, right? You definitely got to start somewhere. So if you're not trusting your instincts of what you might be good at or want to do, then you'll never find it. So I think one of the issues for people that can't find higher purpose is that they're blocking it from themselves. So it's not so much that they don't have it within them, but they're coming up with objections and the fear of failure is overcoming them. And in my book... Or I'm sorry, well, in my book, Injured to Elite, I was inspired by another book called The Tools. And The Tools talks about these five tools to help in life situations written by Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz. I posted on this on my Instagram recently. But the book has these different topics, and I want to share this. If you're somebody that just can't find your higher purpose, there's five of these tools. And I think most relevant to finding higher purpose overcoming fear. Let, let's take up a few a few different examples. One, let's talk about somebody that is fearful of choosing or exploring. The tool is called the reversal of desire. And all these tools tap into the power of higher forces. Not not hokey, you know, uh, religion stuff. Simply the higher forces in the world. Think of it as science, think of it as the universe, whatever you want. But the first tool is the reversal of desire. And with the reversal of desire comes the ability to overcome fear. And the first step of the reversal to the reversal of desire is seeing what you're fearful of in a cloud and really getting one with it. So let's say you want to start a company. And you're very fearful of it. And you and you also are saying, I don't know what my higher purpose is, but I might want to do this. And you need to explore it to know if it's your higher purpose. So the first step is you see that company starting. And then as you see that in a cloud, that fear of, oh man, I might go for broke and this is scary and I don't know what to do and I have no experience in business. Then you, you bring on that cloud. You say, I love this pain. I love this challenge and I want to go into it and you get as close you get inside that cloud and then the last step is you imagine yourself breaking free from that cloud and the cloud spitting you out on the other side as you're going through it and you keep on using this tool every single time you experience the the fear you keep on doing it until you tap into this higher force of forward motion it's called momentum so eventually, you're going to be propelled to action. So I'm, this is not a whole 
session on on the reversal of desire or the book the tools so i just wanted to put that out there you'll hear more about it in the future for sure and so this is let's leave it at that one tool for especially if you can't find your higher purpose and i think if you're in that category one of the reasons is probably because there's an element of fear because people that find what they're good at and 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 what their sense is there's a there's a level of courage you, you you take knowing and trusting yourself and giving it a shot all right so higher purpose definitely one of the biggest keys to passion that's going to put a smile on your face that a checkbook checking account can't do but the checking account will grow with it trust me this is the element of passion. So the perseverance side, that's a—that's the side of consistency, committing to it. And I think the consistency side is also, again, trusting your process. So what have you found to work for you in the past, even if it's not working for you right now? And how much are you giving that? Or are you just changing your process every day? Because that can become a big issue too. So not only do you want to get tapped into really what makes you tick and what your, what your sense of purpose is in the world, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be professional. I have a client that's a skateboarder. Getting in tune with skateboarding or another sport he played is helping him develop his grittiness with school and other domains of his life, which is awesome. But consistency, well, that's a, really that's another way of trusting yourself but having your process and committing to it there's a an amazing quote i forgot exactly how it goes in the book i read a lot of different books here but the book is who not how and it's the whole concept behind the book is really your success is not dependent really on what you know or how you do it but who you connect with that can broker it and for some reason I'm blanking on the name of the author it's an IO psychologist and also the strategic coach Dan Sullivan so Dan Sullivan is one of the authors I can't think of the IO psychologist author's name the primary author but check it out who not how and in the book there's a quote they share about commitment and it's along the lines it was somebody else that that quoted it but we are all committed to our results, no matter what. Whether or not they're the results we want, we're committed to it. And I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it because we tend to think of like, oh, I'm not committed. No, you are committed. You're just committed to negative, poor results. Might not be what you intend, what you want, but you're still committed to it, and that's where change needs to happen. Intrinsic motivation, right? What what motivates you to be more consistent? When I speak to a client or a potential new client and they're telling me, yeah, I don't follow along what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, then if I just say, all right, well, then here's your program. Here's another one. You don't, <laughs> and who knows if you'll follow it or not. Then I'm doing them such a disservice. So usually from day one, I try and figure that out. Why are you not committed to the results you want? So when we talk about perseverance, we don't want to just persevere and stick in the mud. We want to persevere and overcome the mud. We want to be on the grass and we want to eventually be wherever else. 
while we're crawling through that tough mudder. I think people that talk about loving the grind but seem to never get out of the grind, I don't know how authentically gritty they are versus masochistic. This is not, like, let's use the example David Goggins, who I have a lot of respect for, and he's overcame tremendous odds. But at times, I think his message is more along the lines of beating yourself up to beat yourself up, to prove a point. Now, for him, I know in his life, it's symbolic. It's symbolic, and he's got a ton of energy, but not for everybody. For some people, beating yourself up just hurts, and it doesn't serve a purpose. I think perseverance means, to some degree, getting the results you want. And it doesn't have to be external results. Results It could be internal results. For my father, it was internal results. As his, father, as his life was coming to an end, there was nothing more than his own happiness that mattered. His own calmness, his peace, inner peace. If there was one trait I'd have to say that my father possessed, like I've never seen, it was inner peace. He was a peaceful man. For a lot of physical adversity, he was quite a peaceful man. He didn't meditate, or he didn't formally meditate, but he was passionate about his baseball games and his fantasy baseball, and he found his inner peace, and that was his perseverance. For those out there that are wondering how to be gritty and just, well, yeah, I get up every morning at 4 a.m., and I go on my run, and I meditate, and I do all these things, I journal... That, in and of itself, might not be getting you the results you want. So don't confuse it. You're committed to the results you're getting. So if you're that person and you're saying, why isn't it working? Yeah, why isn't it working? What do we need to change with your process? That's grittiness. That's psychological flexibility. That's what we're talking about. I could share with you some different situations in my life that... I've used to kind of build grittiness and I'll give you a few examples. Some I talk, I think both I talk about in the book actually. I don't think I know. (laughs) One is being that I was a smaller athlete. When I started getting really into my bodybuilding days and I was five foot five, 180 pounds or so, 8% body fat. This was like after I lost my father, graduated Albany, stock market crash in 07. It was it was a strange time, so I had the gym. That was my that was my temple. And when I used to work out, when I was getting my bench press up to 335 pounds for a few reps and all that good stuff, I would find the biggest person I could on the gym floor to spot me. And for some reason this brought out a hero within me. I don't know what it was, but when I did this, for some reason, when I got the biggest person I could find, the bodybuilding guy, maybe he was taking steroids, whatever, and I called him over and said, hey, can you spot me? And I was like, I'm good. I I probably don't need any help, but let me just get this. I guess it served two purposes. One was I felt confident because I had somebody that was going to be able to get the weight if needed. And it wasn't going to crush my chest. That helps, I guess. But then the other one was, and I, th- I really do think this is the bigger one, I wanted to show him that I might even be stronger than him, and he was twice the size of me. For some reason, that brought out a hero within me. 
not really visualization, but just putting it in front of my face, I guess to some degree, forcing me to visualize this is this has meaning now. Lifting this weight doesn't just exist for me and myself. It even exists for somebody else to see, and that makes me feel better. And look, I don't still lift that weight, so I don't know if that was the best way to go about it. But in that circumstance, it was a quick little thing I did to force my best results out of me at that moment. So I guess when you think of like perseverance, right, just kind of keeping me accountable, making the, making the stakes higher maybe, for me, because I, I rise, like I do well under pressure, actually, kind of self-analysis over the, the radio. I guess for me, when the stakes are higher, I bring the best out. When the stakes are too low, I, I kind of just, yeah, I'm not feeling it. That's why I need to pump up the music. I need to be a, a little bit, uh, a little procrastination just to get me to the point where I get my best workout the night before. I mean, it's just how I operate. And I now... I always have to be putting out my best work, so there's no time for procrastination. There's still a little time for it, but not much. Not not with the results I'm committed to. This is changing your your language. You gotta be. You gotta. If you wanna. If you want the good results, you gotta change your language too. Your self talk, all that. So that's one thing I did. Maybe you can synthesize that, transform that into your own little tool. That was one of mine. It still is. The other one is. Something I talk about in the book, and I want to give credit to Todd Herman, the author of the book, The Alter Ego Effect, and it's utilizing an alter ego. So utilizing a fictitious persona. So going into this briefly, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. I listened to Todd Herman on the Rich Roll podcast, an amazing podcast based out of Malibu. Rich was a retired attorney and suffered from alcoholism. He overcame that, became an ultra marathon runner after realizing law wasn't for him. He wasn't happy, hence the the alcohol and changed his life, became an ultra marathon runner, a vegan, and one of the biggest personal development podcasts out there. I think top five. Very successful author, had some big names come on. I think he was interviewed by Joe Rogan. So, awesome. And he interviewed Todd Herman, who comes on and talks about alter egos. And I'm listening. I'm like, wow, this is super interesting. Canadian, grew up as an athlete, and overcame sexual assault as a, I think, family-related sexual assault as a child. Really dark stuff. And it basically brought him to the point where he came to this, this idea about these alter egos that you can use for performance. And the story told, which I never will forget, and I I love it, is the story of Bo Jackson giving a talk with him. Not They weren't together on the talk, but they were both at that seminar, and they run into each other, and Bo Jackson sees Todd and asks Todd, hey, what are you giving the talk on? And Todd says, oh, I'm doing it on alter egos. And Bo Jackson looks at him and says, looks behind, says, Bo Jackson never played a down of football. Bo Jackson was a very successful baseball and football player, and he was devastating on the football field, on the gridiron. He would hurt other players badly. And off of the field, from what I've heard and everything, he was a nice guy. And his alter ego, and it's funny, I 
I was just on a podcast yesterday talking about this, and I forget again. His alter ego, I always confuse Jason for, or Friday the 13th Jason versus um, Michael Myers. I think it's Jason. And so his, his alter ego was Jason on the gridiron. Crazy. You know, he like, like a serial killer. Just He was going to crush you on the field. He was committed to some serious results there. Right? And I heard that story. I'm like, wow, this is so applicable to people in pain or athletes that are overcoming injuries. So I started playing around with it especially with adolescent athletes. Really, it's easy for them because they're always watching these players they look up to be. And I realized that there's a lot of power there. Now, it can be misinterpreted as people wanting to fake it or be not authentic, and I don't see it as that way. It's not. We're not talking about this becoming your identity. And it could be any persona. It could be made up. You can, you can literally make up the persona, or you could be Spider-Man, or you could be the athlete you look up to. Anything. But the idea is it's the persona, and, and read the book Alt The Alter Ego Effect to learn more about this. But the idea is you can create a persona when you feel like you're not good enough. So an example is, I think the movie is Big Daddy, and the child, Adam Sandler, is taking care of the kid, and I think he gives him a pair of glasses. And every time he wears the glasses, he feels superhuman. And he had some family stuff, right? Because I think he was somewhat abandoned by one of the parents or both the parents. And Adam Sandler is his, essentially becomes his big daddy. And he gives him the glasses. And it's really endearing. And every time he has them on, it's like his alter ego. That's what we're talking about here. Just feeling a little bit more confident in a moment. It's a tool. It's not your identity. And I think that's where people kind of get a little confused with alter egos. It's not We're not talking about this becoming who you are. We're talking about this becoming, or, or this, this is a tool you can use in certain situations. It's no different when you dress up a certain way to go on an interview. It's the same thing. It's just a tool to allow you to be comfortable in your skin and feel like you can accomplish the challenging task at hand. You know, and accomplish that challenging task at hand. So try that out. See how it works. Come up with anything. Play around with it. Maybe it could be approaching your boss. Maybe it could be you just injured your a body part and you're feeling really vulnerable. Make believe you're some professional athlete you admire that you think heals three times as quicker. It's not about expecting that outcome, but it's about putting yourself in a state of mind where you can... Step forward confidently. Because as we know, that's when the great stuff happens. All right, we're at almost 50 minutes here. So we're going to wind down. A little bit of a recap. Talking about grit. Great book written by Angela Duckworth. Passion and perseverance is what goes into grit. It was something that was shown to be highly predictive of success of military uh Cadets, West Point, and even more so than simply test scores. So grittiness can get you the success you the success you're looking for. We could build it. Yes, I believe you can. It's related to growth mindset, psychological flexibility. Some ways. Well, number one, think of a time you were successful, even if you didn't at the time think of it as to be a success. Think about when you were good at something. 
right? And bring that to the forefront. Be grateful for that. Find your higher purpose. That's another thing we talked about today. Higher purpose. Without higher purpose, it's tough to rise to the occasion. And we talked about some of the different ways I've found grittiness, whether it was by using visualization strategies, alter egos, having the biggest person in the room spot me when I was getting, when I was bench pressing to, to bring the best out in me. Believing in yourself, consistency, sticking to the process on the side of perseverance, internal results versus external results. We're all, convi- we're all committed to the result, acknowledging that, and then grit's behind a lot of this. So in my book, there's a section that I talk about grit. The name of the book is Injured to Elite. Find it on Amazon. And it was a pleasure talking to you all today on this Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. It'll be playing again, I'm sure, throughout the week, and I'll be back with you on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a live video feed. Today is just the radio part. And you can subscribe to my podcast. My personal podcast is Injured to Elite. You can listen to a lot of these episodes there. And iHealth Radio USA is the website. And check out the Facebook page, the app. Download the iHealth Radio app for sure. And we will return in just a few short days. Have an amazing day. Get gritty today. Utilize one thing we talked about today. Make it happen. Follow me on Instagram, Dave M. Meyer. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. Dave Meyer at plperform.com. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all. Have a great rest of your day. He was a boy. She was a girl.
talking shit and you didn't think that I would hear it People hear you talking like that, getting everybody fired up So I'm ready to attack, gonna lead the pack, gonna get a touchdown, gonna take you out That's right, put your pom-poms down, getting everybody fired up
should get like me. I'm about to train. Through the sex all in the atmosphere I'ma let the pain sing So he can make it clear Eyes, 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 eyes. 
It's a movie and you just TiVo <laughs> Mommy got me twisted like a dreadlock She don't wrestle but I got her in a headlock Yeah, <laughs> never do make a bedrock Mommy on fire, so red hot Bada bing, bada boom Mr. Worldwide as I step in the room I'm a hustler, baby, but that you knew And tonight is just me and you Start a fight. I 
everyone, this is Hurricane H. Closed off from love, I 
Once or twice was enough and it was all in vain Time starts to pass before you know it you're frozen Happened for the very first time with you My heart melted to the ground Found something true And everyone's looking round Thinking I'm going crazy Keep 
just don't get it Do you enjoy being hurt? I know you smell the perfume The makeup on his shirt You don't believe his stories You know that they're all lies Bad as you are You stick around And I just don't know why If I was your man Baby, you Never worry about What I do I'd be coming home Back to you Every night Doing you right Serve good things This full of diamonds A handful of rain Baby, you're a star I just wanna show you you are You should let me love you Let me be the one to Give you everything you want and need A Baby, good love and protection Make me your selection Show you the way love's supposed to be Baby, you should let me love you, love you, love you, love you, yeah Listen, your true beauty's description Looks so good that it hurts You're a dime plus 99 and it's a shame Don't even know what you were <laughs> Everywhere you go, they stop and stare Cause you're bad and it shows From your head to your toes Why it'll never work You have me suicidal 
suicidal when you say it's over Damn all these beautiful girls They only wanna do your dirt They'll have you suicidal, suicidal When they say it's over See it started at the park Used to chill after dark Took my heart, that's when we fell apart Cause we both thought that love lasts forever Last forever They say we too young to get ourselves sprung Oh, we didn't care, we made it very clear And they also said that we couldn't last together Last together See, it's very defined, you're one of a kind But you mash up Forget the client, oh lord My baby is driving me crazy Your way too beautiful, girl That's why it'll never work You have me suicidal, suicidal When you say it's over Damn all these beautiful girls They only wanna do In 99, watching movies all the time Ooh, and I went away for doing my first crime And I never thought that we was gonna see each other See each other And then I came out, mommy moved me down south Ooh, I ain't with my girl who I thought was my world It came out to be that she wasn't the girl for me Girl for me See, it's very defined, you're one of a kind But you mash up my mind, you have to get declined Oh, Lord, my baby is driving me Right, right, turn off the lights, we're gonna lose our minds tonight 
Just do that ass shaking thing you do. So you grab your girls and you grab a couple more. 
Yeah. 
in the club looking so conspicuous And wow, these women all on the prowl If you hold the head steady, I'ma melt the cow And forget about game, I'ma spit the truth I won't stop till I get them in their birthday suit So give me the rhythm and it'll be off with their clothes Then bend over to the front and touch your toes I left the jag and I took the rolls If they ain't cutting, then I put them on foot patrol How you like me now when my piggies valued over 300,000? Let's drink, you the one to please Ludacris fill cups like double D's Me and Ursh once more when we leave them dead We want a lady in the street but a freak in the bed that say Talk like that, you know you got the hypnotized. So be wise 
Yeah, she's so sexy, I am in fantasy A refugee like me back with the Fuji's from a third world country I go back like when Pac carry crates For Humpty Hump, we lead a whole club busy Why the CIA wanna watch the Colombians and Haitians I ain't guilty, it's a musical transaction Bobo, Zobo, no more do we snatch rope Refugees run the seas cause we own our own boat Real slow, baby, like this is perfect. Oh, you know I'm on tonight. My hips don't lie, and I'm starting to feel it's right. The attraction, the tension, baby, like this is perfection. No fighting, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting. Hurricane H. Listening to iHealth Radio. iHealth Radio. iHealth Radio. The premier, the one, and the only online radio dedicated to healthcare and healthcare-related topics and industries. iHealth Radio, broadcasting live from the metropolitan New York City area, 24/7, with talk shows, debates, interviews, and live reports. Hear it direct from the experts iHealth Radio, giving you a behind-the-scene look at how your healthcare is conceived and administered. This is iHealth Radio with Hurricane H.
But a baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm She said, I could tell you rock, I could tell by your charm Fars girls, you gotta flock, I could tell by your charm and your arm But I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? My psychic told me she'll have her ass like Serena Trina, Gina, for Lopez, four kids And I gotta take all they badass to show this Okay, get your kids, but then they got their friends I pulled up in the bins, they all got a bin We all went to den, and then I had to pay If you fucking with this girl, then you better be paid You know why? Take too much to touch her From what I heard, she got a baby by Buster My best friend said she used to fuck with Usher I don't care what none of y'all say, I still love her Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh But she ain't messing with no broke niggas, uh Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh But she ain't messing with no broke niggas, uh Get down, girl, gon' head, get down Get down, girl, gon' head, get down Get down, girl, gon' head, get down Get down, girl, gon' head 18 years, 18 years, she got one of your kids, got you for 18 years I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids His baby mama car crib is bigger than his You will see him on TV any given Sunday Win a Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai She was supposed to buy your shorty Tyco with your money She went to the doctor, got Lyco with your money She walk around looking like Michael with your money Should've got that insured Geico for your money, money. If you ain't no punk, holla, we want prenup, we want prenup, yeah It's something that you need to have, cause when she leave your ass, she gon' leave with half 18 years, 18 years, and on her 18th birthday, found out it wasn't his Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas, uh Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas, uh Get down, girl, gon' head, get down, uh Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Uh, get down, girl, gon' head. Now I ain't saying you a gold digger, you got knees. You don't wanna do the smoke, but he can't buy weed. You go out to eat, he can't pay, y'all can't leave. It's dishes in the back, you gotta roll up the sleeves. But while y'all washing, watch him. He gon' make it to a beans out of that toxin. He got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes. This week he mopping floors, next week is the fries. So stick by his side. I know his dudes ballin' and yeah, that's nice. And they gon' keep calling and trying, but you stay right, girl. And when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head. Let me hear that back.
be the greatest, you can be the best You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the war You can talk to God, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself You can run the mile You can walk straight through hell with a smile You can be the hero You can get the gold Breaking all the records They thought never could be broke Yeah, do it for your people Do it for your pride You're never gonna know If you never even try Do it for your country Do it for your name Cause there gonna be a day When you're standing in the hall of fame And the world's gonna know your name Don't 
Told me, keep messing with my head. Should have picked on a Steven, you may not have thought it. Don't have to say, don't have to say what you did. I already know. I found out from him. Now there's just no chance. No chance. You and me. You and me. never be. And don't it make you sad about it? Told me you love me. Why did you leave me all alone? All
from a low to a lot this year Everybody mad at the rocks that I wear I know where I'm going and I know where I'm from You hear locks in the air Yeah, we at the airport out D-block from the block where everybody air forced out With a new white tee, you fresh Nothing phony with us Make the money, get the mansion, bring the homies with us Like they don't, but they know. Yeah. 